Hey, you guys, just wanted to let you know we have an amazing show called The Game Changer Show each and every single Wednesday at 6 p.m. GMT, where we interview uh, entrepreneurs, athletes alike. Uh, it gives people uh, an, op- an opportunity to listen to people's story, how they made some, how they've kind of uh, really turned their business around. Uh, it's fun. It's thought provoking. It's an opportunity to ask questions uh, and it's interactive. So if you want to come uh, and hang out with some cool people, uh, 6 p.m. PM, please go to uh, youtube.com forward slash sleeve forward slash Adam Strong. Uh, subscribe and click on the bell, and we'll see you there on Wednesday at 6 p.m. GMT. Cheers. Take care. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. I'm humbled to announce Adam Strong. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Great to be here, Adam. Thanks very much for inviting me. Ah, you're more than welcome. More. I've been so excited this one because you bring so much energy to podcasts. And I really am a, a fan of your Game Changers podcast. Uh, and we'll Thank jump you. into that later. But Adam, let's say you are at a dinner party. You've got seven, six, seven people around you. And one of them turns to you and you go, oh, hi, Adam. Like, Nice to meet you. What is it you do? And as they say that, everyone on the table kind of captures your attention. And then you're now announcing it to the table. How would you answer mm. that question? It's a great question, actually. And, and, you know, it's interesting because it's a bit like being in any particular networking meeting or if you're introducing yourself on Zoom these days, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, what do you do type of thing, right? And I always, I, wish, I always like to start by, you know, sharing a story. So a lot of people ask me, they're like, so how did you get into this entrepreneurship, you know, running your own business game, right? So I suppose for me, it all started off at the age of 11. You know, I went through, I didn't... I. I didn't particularly come from a wealthy background. So, you know, money was quite scarce when I was, when I was younger. And we, me, my mom, who was a single mom at the time, and my youngest brother, three years younger than me, uh, we lived off the state, lived on the top floor flat of, a, of an apartment in West London. And literally, you know, you know my mom couldn't work due to mental health issues. So literally it was like our little small family, really. And some weeks we, we couldn't even afford bread and milk. You know, that's how tough times were at Christmas time we had you know my my mum bless her she'd she'd done it tried to do her best being a single parent a single mum it's tough it's really tough and especially when you've got a lot of mental health issues as well so at Christmas time you know me and my brother would tend to share Christmas presents rather than kind of have our own whereas all the others would you know other friends and family what do you get for Christmas oh you know uh, we, we me and my brother got Super Nintendo for example which was one of the big things that when I was a kid but I suppose one of the things that I came to realize at the age of 11, because, you know, I had a huge responsibility as well as, as you start to go through your changes and you start to create this, I suppose, realization that actually you're growing up, right? Starting high school and stuff. And for me, it was quite tough because I suffered from alopecia at the age of uh, 10. I lost my hair through alopecia, through stress and worry. And so, I, you know, I, was a, I suppose I was a troubled individual at the time. My confidence wasn't particularly great, you know, and you know, just kind of taking a walk through a local nature reserve. It was about 15 minutes from where we lived. And 
I, I kind of started, you know, as you do, you, you kind of like take it all in when you're walking through nature. And you, I started seeing all these golf balls, you know, appearing in, in the streams and the rivers as I was walking by. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And next to it was a golf golf course. It was a, like an 18 hole golf course. Uh, a lot of the old boys would go over there, sort of, you know, sort of your retirees go over there, play a game of golf and that kind of stuff. And um, next day I decided to uh, literally go back with a bucket and start collecting golf balls. I literally, I didn't even have money for a pair of Wellington boots or anything. It was just literally some socks off and just grab myself, grab myself a big stick and just worry through all, through all the biz, starting foraging for all the lost golf balls. Then as I was walking through the golf, uh, around the golf course and stuff and around sort of the edge of the fairway, a lot of the golfers would come up to me and, you know, concerned for my safety, they wouldn't want me to, they wouldn't want to feel guilty that they'd, be, they'd hit a 11 year old with a golf ball, of course. So they come up to me and they're like, hey, so we're concerned about your safety. And we, we're just reason, we're just wondering why you're walking around with these. And, uh, and obviously the conversation started there. They like appeared in my bucket and there's all these golf balls. And I, and I told them, you know, I'm resting lost golf balls. And they're like, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. Now, I don't know if you, I don't know about you, but for a lot of golfers when they've got four holes left and they've got one ball left they're already getting sweaty because they don't get beaten by their buddies and their mates so this is where sales and negotiation really kind of where i kind of learned about sales and negotiation really and you know we started off the conversation where they'd like offer me i don't know say three quid for a for a golf ball and depending on what the brand was i kind of at the beginning, I really didn't know what the valuation of certain particular golf balls was, but I knew that brand was important, condition was important, maybe even color was, was important as well. So we'd get into the kind of sales negotiation process. And so like some of the balls that I used to pick up with, with might be a Dunlop or a Slazenger or, or a Nike, which were like the big branded golf balls, which are really expensive anyway. You know, pick up one golf ball for like 10, 11 pounds back in the day. And and uh, that so they'd offer me a price and I'd be like, well, let's be fair here okay? you want to pay two pounds for this ball when i know it's seven so what do you think is a fair price and kind of we kind of walk away with both smiles on our faces i come i then go home the, i remember the first time i did this actually i went home with pocketfuls of court pound coins literally in my pocket and uh, my mum interrogated me i'd done something you know bad or something uh -huh. and i'm like yeah look listen to my story and then she was like wow fascinating and then so i kind of continued to go back to the golf course you know and every time i did that I, it, for me it kind of set me the platform i suppose to to um uh, i suppose increase my confidence but it kind of gave me that platform uh to be able to kind of propel into something which was bigger and better so that kind of for me that's where it started off yeah wow what a story what a story and we were talking about this the other day like, i've actually done something similar my, my grandparents had a um they had like a little golf chalet uh down in uh cornwall and was it devon i can't remember now and um I remember going around there and finding all these golf balls in in the hedges and people were just leaving them i think it was only a little nine hole golf course i remember collecting them up with my granddad and, and then i set up a little table right by the first tee and then as the, the golfers would go by, <laughs> I didn't sell very many because it was only a nine hole course. So people didn't really, you know, they, they well. had enough at the time. But it's, uh, yeah, funny how the, the stories are so similar. Um, so, so Adam, look, I'm, I'm really yeah. curious about you. I've looked at your LinkedIn, I've looked at your website and, and done some research. And it genuinely seems like you have helped thousands of people. I'm curious to understand, like, what gets you out of bed in the morning now? other than your alarm clock, you know, what's your sense of direction now? 
Well, I think it's, 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 it's an interesting one. And, you know, it being kind of the purposeful kind of podcast, right? I think we all go, we're all on a journey, right? So what you see on social media is, is literally a mirage of what really is reality for most people, right? And I used to really kind of be conscious about what other people, and I kind of used to judge me for where I used to be uh, or where I am and where others are. But in reality, it's all bullshit. It's all, it's just a mirage. And, and it's kind of this cloak that's, you know, social media really doesn't portray what, what true reality really is. So, you know, I think for most people that run, run their own business and kind of from an entrepreneur perspective, it's yes, of course, um, we all do it because we want to do it because we want to live a better life. Um, we want to align our values. Well, for me, I certainly want to live a life by you know, purposeful purpose, but more importantly, to align my true values into what I'm doing on a day-to-day -day basis. And some people might think, well, hang on a minute. Okay, values. Well, when they think of values, they think, oh, you know, hardworking, punctual, trustworthy, all of that malarkey. But really, it's much deeper than that. It's actually, from my perspective, like for me, it goes back to what, my, what I learned back in my childhood. So in our company, for example, you know, there are three main core values that we live by every day. One of them is compassion. You've got to show compassion for people. And, you know, especially, you know, in times like this where, you know, people are going through hardship, right? And they need to have, they need to feel like they're being listened to. They need to feel like they're being trusted. They feel like they've been trusted or whatever it is. They need a voice to listen to them. And so you need to show compassion to be able to do that. Uh, so that's the first thing. Secondly, for me, being an ex um, former elite athlete that used to study and train with Olympians, you know, for me, I have a result-orientated mindset. Everything I do is with is guided towards creating results. You know, that's kind of for me. I, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, right? Number one, I'm doing it because I'm doing it with excellence. So when people say to me, Adam, have you ever had business failures? Yes, of course. Maybe not as many as some people have, purely because I have, I suppose, mastered from a very early age some of the skill sets that entrepreneurs are required or are needed or not necessarily needed, but it helps give them that platform to be able to propel and move them forwards, if that makes sense. So compassion is the first one. The second one is result-driven. So you've got to be really result-driven which is absolutely imperative. And the third thing, and this is something that I really kind of are quite passionate about actually. And I think it's in, a, we're all on a journey of discovery. We're all on a, all, all on a learning of, um, all on a journey of knowing about ourselves, what we can offer to the world, how we can, how we can uh, essentially fix problems, right? We, we seek problems and we, then we, we go out and we create solutions. That's what entrepreneurs do essentially. So for me, in the last couple of years in particular, like for me, I've got to do something which has a purpose. It got, it's got to have a why. Anything that you do, you know, whether it's, whether it's you're putting on a social media poster or I don't know, whatever it is that, that you do on a day-to-day -day basis is to ask the, ask the very simple question is why? Why am mm. I doing what am I doing, if that makes sense? Because it's not about how to do something or what to do. It's why, are, am, I, why am I doing it? 
Yeah. What is the purpose in me doing it? Where is it going to lead to? How is it going to help people? All right. Because for me, I, I love being around people. I love helping people. I love, I love people to help. I help them to achieve their goals and aspirations. We all got goals and aspirations and we all deserve success. Okay. Whether we make those the right choices or create the right habits and set yourself up for that is entirely up to you. It's down to choice. So I think for me, discovering, creating a purpose and, and, and living by that purpose every day is really, really important. Yes, we all have families. Me, I've got a large, <laughs> I've got four kids. So yeah, of course, my business essentially as, and, and everything that I do is, of course, it's, I, I'm hoping that, uh, well, I know it's going to lead to a place where I can support not only my family, but much more than that, you know. Um, me, I, I'm always, I'm a big believer is that success means so many different things to so many different people, right? So when people say to me, Adam, what is your purpose in life? And I say to, and I say, and, and it's a really deep question because it is a question that I often ask a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners when they approach me. I often ask, what is your vision? And like, that's a deep question. And sometimes they don't know. And secondly, I'll ask, what is your purpose? Now, for me, one of the things that shit scares me, Adam, right? One of the biggest things that really, like, really freaks me out is if I'm not moving towards fulfillment, okay, mm. then everything is meaningless. I don't want to leave this world. I don't want to leave this earth where I feel unfulfilled. And I'm not, I wouldn't say in, inspiring people because that's not what I want to do. What I want to do is I want to feel fulfilled that in my obligation to why I've been put on this earth, what created me and include listeners that what is your purpose in life? Like for me, I know my purpose. I know why I'm here. Okay. And so if I'm not going towards that destiny of fulfillment and um, kind of, you know, and, and we look at kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And going towards kind of the journey of civilization. For me, what's important is, yes, abundance and happiness. We all deserve it. But fulfillment for me is making sure that, you know, I am doing the best service I can do for your listeners, for people around the world that need my help. And, and it's okay I, I'm okay, by the way. I used to get really upset, actually, from a, I suppose it's kind of a human nature thing, where I used to think that I could help, you know, everybody, and not everyone wanted my help type of thing. I used to kind of take it quite emotionally, but now I'm really sound and grounded. Not everyone is attracted to me. Not everyone shares my same value. Not everyone is magnetized towards me. And guess what? That's okay. I'm good with that. And so should you be. So I hope that helps. Yeah, don't we? There's there's so much content there as well. You um I, I want to go back to, to the values and stuff in a sec and how maybe values can link with with someone's why and, and, and how people can try and find their why, question their why. Um but before we do, I, I want to know what you mean by fulfillment. What what if you could paint me a picture of what fulfillment is, you know, what would that look like? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so the uh, fulfillment, success, these are all sexy, fancy words, and they all mean different things to different people. So for me, fulfillment to me is, uh, is a number of me. Number one, everything that I do is with excellence. 
So yeah, so excellence, make sure that you do everything with excellence, whether it be a landing page, whether it be, you know, run a masterclass, a podcast, it doesn't really matter in the activity, whatever you do is with intention. Okay. So that's the second one, intention, mm, that's good. So excellence, intention. So that's the, that's the second one. Choose to be an A player. Like for me, everything I do, because I, everyone that I hire are A players, all my clients are A players, or I, or I want to create an A player. What's an I A want player? To create, uh, okay, so an A player, okay, this is a really good question, right? So we have, in business, we have A players, B players, and C players, right? That's what we have, we have three different players, right? So um, a player is someone that, let, let me just kind of, a C player is basically someone that isn't really gonna work for you. So I use this as a, from a, from a, a client and recruitment perspective, okay? So a team member, right? So a C player is someone that is just gonna be there in body, not in soul and mind. They're just there to earn a wage. They're not really there to contribute and they don't really add any value to your company, right? And same for clients. Generally, they take up a lot of your time. They become <laughs> energy vampires. They suck all the good energy out of you. And then it doesn't matter. Then at the, at the end of that sessions or the end of that sessions, depending on, or, or depend on what business you're in, of course, you generally feel quite yucky and uh, you generally feel quite exhausted. Um, a B player, a B player is someone that um, is, for me, again, if I look at it from a recruitment perspective, Adam, um, a B player is someone that has some skill set and has some mindset uh, foundation. However, um, there are some core fundamentals that are missing in order for them to kind of what I call, um, and again, it depends on what you're looking for. Like, so for me, when I, when I hire people, I find it particularly difficult when hiring because I have such a, um, I suppose I have, I, I have such high expectations and high <laughs> standards, but, but that's a good thing, right? Yeah, totally. But, um, um, you know, and, and, and one of the things I teach my clients actually is hire slow, fire fast, okay? It, it works for me all the time. So higher fire fast, it works really, really well. Um, because at the end of the day, you don't really want to hire people um, really, really quickly. Like you'll see some companies, like um, some, some fast growing companies, for example, they'll just hire people because they need the numbers. But then at the end of it, once they get to a, a plateau within their business, they've got all these crappy B and C players where they're like, oh my God, this person... Okay, they're just like a C player and the A player is able to do five times more work than the C player does. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And then A player is someone that basically shares your values. It share, they understand your mission in life. They are someone that is coachable, someone that has bigger dreams and aspirations, bigger than themselves. They're someone that, are, that is hungry and easy coaching and mentorship as as educational tools to be able to take their life further so that to me is what the difference between an a player a b player and a c player so for me i choose to be an a player every time doesn't matter what i do but that's what i choose to do and sometimes uh, it's really interesting being an, an, an excellent a former elite athlete one of the biggest things that i particularly find it particularly difficult adam is, is being too hard on yourself. Mm. Now, I know that a lot of listeners that are listening in right now, I know for a fact that anyone that runs a business, regardless, 
they're probably doers, okay? Most of them are uh, doers. Well, certainly the people that I know or hang around with are doers. And they don't celebrate the little tiny wins, which is so important in running a business. Like you can just do, 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 but then you forget the enjoyment and the fun, okay? So one of our, yeah. one of our other core values is all about having fun. If, business, if you're not having fun in your business, if you're not having fun in life, then guess what? Change it because we all have choices. All right. It's very, very simple. But fun is so important in business. It really is. It doesn't matter what you're doing activity wise. If you're doing something which is not fun, guess what? Either delegate it out. Okay. And get someone else to, because they'll probably do a better job anyway. Generally, it's a, a drain on your resources, you internally. Uh, focus on focus on your strengths, delegate your resources. That's kind of what I people. Last quick question. What's a little win you've had recently? Uh, so it, actually, the, <laughs> so my little win is we just actually launched a new accelerator program. And for me, it is a big win, actually. It's a really big win because we've got a few people going through it right now. It's basically an intensive course, Adam, uh, that helps uh, six-figure business owners to essentially grow and scale quicker. So it gives them the four, five core key fundamentals in growing a business. One of them, actually, believe it or not, the first the first core foundation is all based around clarity. Because if you don't have clarity in your business, then guess what? Where are you going to find the passion, right? How do you know your why? And, and again, I go back to core foundations. Yes, sales is important. Yes, marketing is important. But if you don't know what the hell you are doing and why you're doing it, then what is the point? So, you know, super important. And then you've got, especially in the digital world, is visibility, so we all need to have more visibility to be able to kind of what I call cut through the noise because there's so much noise in the digital world out. The third one is all around monetization. So how do you take your passion? How do you take the how do you take your skill set and then being able to monetize it into a particular way that essentially helps people uh, by uh, creating solutions based around that problem? Um, the fourth one is around identity. So being able to create an identity, not just an identity for your company, but also you, you people buy people at the end of the day, they don't buy products, they don't buy services, they buy you as a person. So you have to create that identity, all right? And then the last one is all about grow and scale. So there's two elements of that. The first one is around how do you lend leverage partnerships and JV models to be able to leverage your essentially your model to be able to then grow and scale it, but also how do you then create a team how do you uh, set leadership roles and create a culture of excellence and, and, and uh, create, create a culture of excellence, which is then going to help you propel you and move you forward. So I hope that kind of works. I uh, hope that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And I think going, going back to the first element of having clarity, that understanding that why you have to have that. It's like the foundation to, to a skyscraper that you have to have that solid you have to have that clear um you also mentioned as well monetizing passion and i, I want to almost like pivot it back to linking that into the values that we're talking about monetizing passion is that similar to monetizing your values how, how do i guess the question is how does passion and values intertwine and and also does that link in with the question why that we're asking okay so one of two questions there does the value does your values uh, correlate to the purpose? Is that what you're, sorry, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So values is about 
essentially your DNA with it, with, within your business, right? It's the DNA. It's some of the chromosomes that make up your, uh, your, your body, your DNA of your business, essentially. That's what values are. And they are, they are a set, they are a set of their behaviors that, that you want to set in your business at the, at the end of the day. They, Is that the same for personal give, values as well? So, so like in, to, in terms uh, in of way, in, in individual, not business? Well, it, it, again, it depends because generally it depends on who's running the company. So if you are a small business, as an example, okay, if you're a small business, as an example, then generally your personal values then generally correlate to your uh, business values, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're going to have some sort of correlation um, in one way or another. So absolutely, I think there's definitely a core relationship between you know, what, what is your purpose and what are your values? Because if you're essentially, uh, I'll give you an example, right? So if, you're, if your core values is, I don't know, for example, integrity, I was going to say integrity, fun, and I don't know, uh, self-discipline, all right? Or to be self-disciplined, all right? So just use those three. If you're not using those three values as a behavior model, but in your business, then how can you essentially fulfill on your promise or your purpose? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Does, so does this also trans? Sorry. Does this also transpose into a person, an individual's purpose, values in terms of what their values are as a person and not in a business sense? Hmm. Generally, I would generally, from my perspective, it ends on on if you're if you run your own business okay and if you are if it's you that steers the ship because normally it's the person that steers the ship is the one that comes up with the values they're the and those values generally correlate to them personally this is generally them themselves if they have a small team then essentially generally they're similar uh if not the same in terms of their personal values so yeah yeah totally there's a, a lot of a lot of information there to to kind of to take in, but that, that's absolutely great. On on Awasa's question, I'm really curious. On on the website, you mentioned that you wanted to not be ordinary. You want not didn't want to be like anyone else. What did you mean by that? Tell me more. So, in terms of um, being ordinary, for me, what's really interesting, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example first of all. Okay, so. Um, You'll know about Clubhouse, which is all the audio only app, right? And, uh, you know, I love Clubhouse, but it can be a real energy drain on time resources. Okay. So essentially, when I first went on Clubhouse, which was, I think I first joined, I started listening into some of these rooms. And, and for me, because I've been in the personal development world for, I don't know, best part of 25 years or thereabouts. Okay. One of the things that really frustrates me or really pisses me off uh, more than anything else is the fact that you're going to a room which may have, I don't know, 600,000 people plus or whatever it is. And the people that run those rooms, which are what we call moderators, uh, they're the ones that are steering the ship type of thing. Um, you know, they're making claims that, you know, will make you a zillionaire or a billionaire in, in two weeks or, or help we, you know, buy our course and you become this type of thing. And it's, and it's that for me, it makes me feel very yucky because 
that's not what I'm about. Like my core value, one of my core values is all around integrity, right? Everyone knows, everyone knows, um, everyone knows that you're not going to become a billionaire or a zillionaire in two weeks, right? It's just absolutely ludicrous, okay? But people still buy into that crap, seriously. And so for me, what's important, I like to, I like to be disruptive. So we actually created a, we actually created a, created a club room and we called it No BS or Ego. That is literally the name of the club room. Okay, so that is the name of the club. And then we do events based around that theme of no BS or no ego. Because, uh, you know, for me, I, what I, what I tell you what was really interesting, right? When, I, when we think of the word, I think of Seth Go. Have you ever read Purple Cow? Have you read a Purple Cow? No, I haven't. Okay, great book, by the way. It's quite an old book. But it's only a small book, Purple Cow. But Seth talks about basically a herd of sheep, right? Or sorry, a herd of cows even, Okay. And you have not generally, generally cows are normally black and white. You know, that's generally what a cow looks like, right? Well, the purple cow is someone essentially that stands out from all the other cows. Okay. They're, they're normally the ones that, you know, they're the ones that are kind of, um, what I was going to say, they, they disrupt, you know, the, the herd, the other herd of cows are right, but they stand out from all the rest. For me, I like to be a disruptor, not only in my industry, but to generally everything in general. So if someone says jump, I'll run type of thing, right? I, 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 don't, like, I don't like following rules. Uh, I, <laughs> I suppose I'm a bit of a, uh, a rebel in a way. Um, but for me, you know, I like to kind of observe number one, okay? And then I like to be disruptive in a way that kind of, it's a bit like, um, and these are, these are some great examples. Look at Netflix, for example, right? They just, they came in, they observed, they saw Blockbuster video and guess what? They swallowed them up because now guess what? There is no more Blockbuster video. There is only Netflix. So again, there are perfect examples of not just me being a disruptive person and not being, but also there is also some great examples from a business perspective as well. Yeah, cool. I like the Netflix analogy as well. Just gobbling it up. They are the, the purple cow. Let's say someone's listening now. They're not necessarily a, an entrepreneur or a business person yet, let's say, or that they might not be. But let's say they want to become their own version of that purple cow that you speak about. What advice would you give someone that's looking to become a purple cow? Not necessarily in the business world, but just, just in their life. What, what kind of questions can they ask themselves? So some of the things that and we teach this as part of our accelerator program that it's very applicable to just life in general okay so we talked about going back to your core values what are what are my core values what are my top five core values what are why are they important to me why number one why are they you know kind of and then and then moving the next on to the next question is is why am i here like why do i exist for what reason do I exist? Okay, and and they're really deep questions because most people really don't know what the answers are. You know, hard question. Um, and it's interesting. It, it's a really tough question for a lot of people, especially if you're on a on a journey of self discovery. Okay, and then you know everyone's on a journey of self discovery. It's very very simple. Um. So your your values. Um, why am I here? What is my purpose? Uh, and when I when I talk about what is my purpose, like 
um, I go back to what is it that I enjoy about life, right? What, what, what's important to me as a person, right? Is it the environment? Is it the fact that, I don't know, is it animals? Is it food? I don't know. But what, 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 is, what do you enjoy about life, right? What it go, again, goes back to your hobbies and it goes back to your life experiences or whatever it might be. But it goes back to the things that you enjoy doing in life. And, you know, as we get older, you know, going from childhood all the way through to adulthood, we're, we're conditioned from our parents generally, and certainly from my parents, where they said, you know, from, from, this, from a very young age where you go to school, get good grades and go get yourself a good, go to college, university, get yourself a good job, right? And we've heard that saying over and over and over and over again. And, but the thing is, is that we now live in a very different world, right? And my family, for example, right? They still don't know, uh, still don't understand why I chose to go a very unconventional way in terms of, you know, what I see as success, right? So because everyone else has got jobs, you know, I suppose I'm the purple cow of the family in a way, right? <laughs> I'm the I'm I'm one of, I'm I'm the purple cow in the family. And so there's no right or wrong. And so for my kids, you know, and you know, uh, I'll give you an example, like my my two oldest kids, like my 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 oldest son, for me, I don't see him being as doesn't have the entrepreneurial skill set compared to my daughter. Like my daughter is like, dad, I've got this idea. I've got that idea. Dad, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So she's already asking entrepreneurial business questions. And, you know, she's already kind of curious as to, you know, she's curious as dad's kind of running his own business. Why can't I have my son? You know, he's kind of playing video games on Twitch, streaming and stuff like that, like as most 15 year old boys would be doing. But he's probably not likely to go down the entrepreneurial route. And guess what? That's okay, right? That's okay. Um, we all we've all got to have um, we're all on different paths and different journeys, and there's no right or wrong. Um, all I would say, um, especially if you guys have kids, by the way, um, is just to let them choose what they want to do, and don't force it. Don't force your belief systems. Uh, on them because essentially at the end of the day there's going to be repercussions down the line and they make uh, strong relationships and it's also like unconscious beliefs that they don't realize that they're passing on and it's trying to make yourself aware of them and, and almost you know emphasize that they can do what what it is that they want to do uh, adam I, i've got a question for you and I think this is going to be quite a good one. Speaking of, of daughters, I had a guest on uh, a, a guy called Fred, who is a mental health practitioner, and he's got a, a lovely daughter, I think it's around eight or nine. And one day she, she had this, this, this idea. She was like, hey, like, hey dad, you know, what's, what are people for? And Fred kind of stood there and he was like, wow, that's a really good question so you know if i could throw that that question on to you and you know we spoke about existence earlier if i just asked you the question what are people for how would you answer that question deep question for an eight-year-old i tell you I know. Um, but i think for me i think for me is when when i think of what are people for well why do why do people need to be for something is kind of my question going back to that right i mean you know before man came onto this earth you had 
animals and mammals and dinosaurs and things like that. Um, I think uh, man itself, people itself, we're all on different journeys. We're all on different journeys and we're all on... Uh, we're all on a, on a journey of self-discovery. And I think for me is that man is always learning and I call this evolution. You know, we're, mm. we're going through evolution, you know? Um, so going back to that question really is what is, what are people for? What's the purpose in people? Again, I, I think it, I think if I could spin that question and say, rather than kind of saying, you know, what are people for is going back to, well, why not? Where would the planet be? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a good That's kind point. of my, my analogy, but it's 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 a good it's it's a good question though. So uh, as as and when uh, Fred's daughter asked that, he he said, you know, great great question. What, what do you think? You know, what's your answer in this? And you know, she she gave the analogy that she was like, look, you know, you can see bumblebees. They they go and they collect the pollen from the flowers and they they take it back to the hive. And then that's when she asked the question, hey, what are people for? And Fred flipped that back on her, and her answer astounded me. Her answer was was quite simply, people are here to live in wonderment. To live in wonderment and then to protect themselves, others, and the environment. And I was like, I had to kind of sit back and, and, and take that in a little bit. And I thought for a nine-year-old or an eight, nine-year-old girl to ask that question, but then to also have the answer to live in wonderment. If I ask that question to you, what do you think living in wonderment is? Do you know, it's interesting. When I think of that word wonderment, I kind of think to, I think of going back to the movie, The Matrix, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's interesting. I'm not, no, I'm not saying, by the way, we live in a matrix. Um, what I'm saying is um, it's interesting. We kind of, people are a little bit like ants, you know, they, they, they kind of, they work, whatever that looks like. They go back to their homes. They look after their family um, and, and they just carry on with life. Do you know what I mean? They're like ants in a way. Uh, and 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 to me wonderment is really kind of it's a bit like groundhog day have you ever seen that movie groundhog day yeah yeah which is so funny with bill murray where it's just like the same thing over and over and over again it's, it's, it's a bit of that and to me wonderment is is essentially a person or persons just basically kind of going through life you know really trying to find this journey of self-discovery or this learning or whatever it might be they're they're trying to seek something but they're not quite sure what they're trying to seek for so for me that's what wonderment means yeah i think i think it's a good answer i i think my i guess understanding of that wonderment is is to just i think it comes back to, to being conscious and being present and and, and being in the moment and living in, in wonderment through that and, and not necessarily going through the, the subconscious actions that we do, but to actually like pull yourself back into that conscious state and being like, I'm here to live in wonderment, to, to be at wonder with the world rather than go through that, that kind of that process. Talking about consciousness, it said, I, I love the subject. I could talk for hours about it. What's your kind of understanding of, of how conscious humans are? In, in their day-to-day -day lives, how conscious do you think humans are? Mm. Well, 
I think it, it, in context, it can mean many different things to different people. I like to use the word awareness, you know, mm. because <clears throat> for me, they are very similar, similar words. Yes, you've got your subconscious and you've got your conscious, but really it kind of what it boils down to is self-perception or awareness, right? You know, and I think this is extremely important because the more self-perception or aware you are, the more that you can grow as a person, you know, because otherwise you, 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 you become what I call tunnel visioned and, you know, you, you, you become, what's the word I'm looking for? Distracted is probably a really good word or unfocused is another great word to use as well. So sometimes we become very lost you know, whether it be subconsciously or consciously or whatever it might be. But I think awareness is, is, it, is probably one of the key words. And here's an interesting one. I remember, and I don't share this story particularly uh, very often, but I remember uh, probably going back about three years ago. Well, three years ago, I, um, I was living in Scandinavia at the time and I, um, uh, we decided that we were going to move to the UK um, just to, you know, my other half wanted to try out and stuff like that. And for me, as I said to you, I'm a doer, right? I do and I do and I take action. And that's my middle name, right? And I'd just been doing, and I'd come under a lot of strain, like literally to move house, uh, to have a new baby as well, which he was re relatively young at the time. And to also have a couple of young kids, a couple of kids as well. So I've got like, you know, big families and whatever it is. There was a lot of stuff and I'd put on too much weight on my shoulders. And I got sick. I literally got sick. And so my mental health broke down. I started losing my memory. I'm like, I literally was just kind of just ticking along essentially because I was under uh, uh, financial, emotional, mental, uh, spiritual strain, essentially. All, and all I, the strain possibilities, it seems like you're All under. of the strain possibilities all in one. In, <laughs> Everything in one. possible. It's like tick, tick, tick. Tick, tick, tick. Exactly. Because if it all does, if it all comes crashing down, it bloody will. But essentially for me, um, when I started having these health problems uh, and uh, there was a massive strain on my, on my relationship and my, my partner uh, turned around and said, you need to go and seek some help. And, um, and so I'd seeked out one of my, uh, close contacts of mine who's one of the best life coaches in the UK and he said to me Adam you've been putting too much weight on your shoulders that's what you've been doing and so all of the things and so he was really concerned about my health right and so I I was in disbelief and shock that this could ever happen to me because for me I was kind of, I felt like I was kind of Mr. Invincible, you know, like, uh, like a superhero. And for me, it was kind of in disbelief. It, it really hit the, uh, um, it's a bit like when you, when you've been diagnosed with something, whether it be cancer or whatever, it's like, Oh, why me? Why me? And you kind of go into that kind of guilt trip type of thing. Right. Where that was kind of me. And so one of the things that I found in that journey is that I've become so tunnel visioned and I'd so become so, um, so super focused that I had sort of missed out on all the opportunities which was around me. But morally, I'd lost this, I'd lost this perceptual awareness mm. about what was going on around me. And so for me, that is so super important to make sure that you are this personal awareness about what your strengths and weaknesses are in life. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting you mentioned 
you know, you were so focused on on those things that you know you lost that awareness, and, and that kind of resulted in these these health implications. But you also said that you know once if you if you're not self aware, then, then you lose focus. But it's interesting that if you have too much focus and it's not balanced by the awareness to see, hang on a sec, recalibrate what am I focusing on? Then you can have too much focus and there can be some, some negatives. So, so I guess the question is, is how can people build up that, that awareness that you speak of? Practice, because um, from, from my perspective is that, you know, health is, is, is extremely important. Without health, you don't have wealth, right? You, you know that and it's not rocket science. And I think it's about being able to... Um, evaluate you know one of the things that actually was taught from my life coach and this is something that i that was which worked really really well is gratitude and appreciation really kind of for me if you start to make a list of all the things that you're grateful in life and that you are what who you appreciate why you appreciate them and how you feel is going to make you more self-perceptionally aware of you as a human being as well so that to me really was. Yeah. What are you most grateful for at the moment? Do you know what? I'm really grateful being here in the Mediterranean. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, for the people that are uh, alive. I'm grateful for the people that I help. I'm grateful for my family. Many, many things. I'm grateful for the wonderful nature that, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of nature and that kind of stuff. So, yeah yeah I, I, gratitude is so important like for me I've, i think i've shared this, this story on the podcast already but i'm, I'm going to share it with you again but i started practicing gratitude perhaps maybe about 12 months ago now and maybe probably about two three weeks in after writing down i think it was only three things in the morning three things in the evening if i didn't have time and what i'd do is i'd lie in bed i'd just mentally recap the day and just pick out a few things um, that I was grateful for and I started to notice that you know I'd be walking home from the gym or I'd just be sat in my room and every now and again I'd just get this massive grin over my face I'd be like why the fuck are you smiling at him like you have no reason to smile like there's nothing like like I guess instigating that smile right now and I was like okay what is this try to just like think about that feeling and I was like I'm feeling grateful and I was like, there's nothing in front of me right now that I'd, you know, usually be overly grateful for. But I think through practicing it every day, I just started to have these absolute moments of just pure gratitude. And I was like, this feels good. Like, this feels very good. Um, so that for me, gratitude is, is why it's so, it's so fundamental. Um, what's your kind of experience of practicing gratitude? What's my experience with gratitude? Well, as I kind of shared with you, like one of the things for me, what made me more aware about gratitude is create is creating a gratitude journal, right? It's something that I swear by, you know, writing, you know, three to five things that you're grateful on a daily basis. And it could be something really, really small. And it doesn't matter what it is, write in your journal because it's your journal, only you're going to look at it at the end of the day. So I think it's really important that that to me works really, really well. And actually one of the things that, and if you, if you, if you've got a relationship and, you know, I know that um, uh, during these times where, you know, divorce rates have gone through the roof 
and uh, you know, and people's relationships come under strain. Gratitude journal is writing out, you know, what are the three to five best things? By the way, I'm not a life coach or relationship coach by any shape of the imagination, but to write down three to five things that you're grateful for in your partner, right? Tony Robbins does this, right? He actually teaches this, and he's like, so tell me more. And then, and you know, he talks about this with actually with his clients and his clients turn around and say, Oh, she's this, she's this, and she's this, she's this. And he, she turns around and says, he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this. And, uh, and so he turns around and says, and challenges that belief system because it's a belief system essentially. And uh, write down three to five things that you're grateful for about your partner, create six months worth of entries and then give it to her as a gift. Right. It will honestly, it will change your relationship forever. Yeah, that's that's lovely. And and sometimes it's hard to to pick out what it is you're grateful for because I found that I could I I could pick out the obvious things and in a few days I'd pick out the 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 nuanced things, the the smaller things. But then I found myself sometimes picking the easy things just because it was easy to write it down. That means I I could crack on. Is there like a level of fatigue that comes with with practicing gratitude, do you think? Do you know what? I think from my perspective is that you shouldn't really kind of create a pressure. You shouldn't feel pressured that just because, you know, you skip a day or, or whatever it might be, you don't, you shouldn't feel that just because you skip a day, you should have this guilt trip, right? I think it's really important. So, you know, but you know, it's the small things in life that you should kind of take a look at from, I don't know, whatever it is kind of interests you. So for example, it could be, I'm grateful uh, I'm grateful for the sun today because it hasn't hasn't you know been sunny for like the last two weeks or whatever it might be right but it's just those little things in life where you kind of sit back observe and think wow yeah do you know what that's really interesting yes this that is those moments that you're living in wonderment as as Fred's daughter says just just living in in that <laughs> present moment which I think is lovely uh, Adam as a, a final question you know, what's the, the best advice that you've been given or that you'd like to give? For? Yeah, no, no, no one's ever actually asked back on that. Um, so uh, <laughs> I'd say for, let's say someone's in their, let's say, low 20s and they're living with necessarily not aligning to their, their purpose right now, let's say. And they're, they're starting to, to question things and they realize that they're not as fulfilled as they can be. They're not living in, in, in wonderment, let's say. What advice would, would you give them? Again, go back to your core values. You know, are you living your core values um, every day? Because people say to me, they're like, hey, so, you know, my values are this, this and this. But are you actually, do you actually self-discipline yourself? Do you actually live by those values every day, you know? And for most people, it's a no. And so, again, it goes back to, you know, if I was to get in a time machine and go back to I don't know, 20 years ago, right, from my, my, you know, what are some of the advice that I might sort of tell myself? Well, is to actually do something that you enjoy in life, right? Never live a life of regrets, which is really extremely important. And, you know, there's never a, what's the word? Don't ever... Don't ever judge yourself against what other people should think about you and what other people say about you because, you know, screw what other people think about you. Just do what you want to do, right? And, you know, and I just hate the, the fact that some people are kind of put on a pedestal and they feel like they're being put on a pedestal just to kind of please others. 
Like, screw that, right? I don't believe in any of that crap, okay? Just do what you want to do. Live a life which is, you know, number one, purposeful, but number two, just live a life, you know, is authentic to you, that's real to you, and stop living a life that other people want you to live. And if your parent kind of want you to become a doctor or a lawyer, whatever it is, and you don't want to do that, right? Speak up and speak the truth. You know, um, I see so many like uh, families or that people that have kind of in these miserable dead, you know, miserable jobs, which they, which they absolutely hate. And, but they kind of fallen down the trap of, well, well, this was what my parents wanted me to do crap. Again, really kind of, you know, screw that type of thing and just go enjoy, enjoy life. Make sure you're doing something which is truthful, purposeful, but more importantly, something that you bloody enjoy doing. Truthful, purposeful, and something that you enjoy. What a way to end the podcast. Adam, let's say someone's listening to you now. They want to learn more about the Game Changers podcast. They want to learn more about the Game Changers summits that you do that I know we haven't mentioned yet. What's the, the best way they can get in touch with you? Uh, best way they can get in touch with me is on LinkedIn. Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn quite a lot. Instagram, yeah, hit me up on Instagram, uh, follow on Instagram. Uh, and of course, by all means, follow us on the Game Changers experience and on the podcast and whatever it might be on all sort of um, po- favorite podcast channels, etc. So that is the best way to, 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 to reach me. We'll link all of that below. Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. I think we've covered some some fascinating topics. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Have a fantastic day. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.